following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan Hour number three on a special road show inside the Akersher VIP Lounge at Van Andel Arena as we're celebrating Michigan's only pro volleyball franchise, the Grand Rapids Rise. They will play in the Pro Volleyball Federation. Matches begin in January and run through May with some of the best volleyball players in America and from around the world. Franchises all across uh, the country. We'll talk to Cole DeVos, who was instrumental with the DeVos family in bringing pro volleyball to Grand Rapids. Uh, He'll join us coming up in about 20 minutes. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, a certified NFLPA agent. Got Jake Wood out of the UP in northern Michigan, drafted by the Colts, and he stuck uh, with the Colts in his rookie season. He also is one of our legal insiders. We're going to get to this NCAA proposal, which now some conference commissioners are saying, wait a minute, we haven't been uh, presented anything. For how much money is out there, David? When it comes to NCAA March Madness, TV deals, how disorganized the NCAA is. Like, they'll act like they're federal pro- police and going after Harbaugh and the sign-stealing allegations. And then you watch the clown show on the other side. Uh, even in the Big Ten front office, these leaders, they're so caught up with power and money, which happens across the board in entertainment politics and sports, but uh, not communicating. Uh, I think the NCAA in this proposal is worried that they're going to go out of business. They'll still have their NCAA basketball tournament, but I think this Power Five is looking at football, and now the Power Four, yeah, looking at football and having their own conferences soon. Well, I think, uh, you know, Ross Dellinger has talked about this from Yahoo, that the idea that the Power Four conferences might go their own way, at least for football, form their own entity. And I do think what Charlie Baker from the NCAA has proposed is at least in part a reaction to that and then some ongoing litigation. Yeah, litigation, which could be, you call it the Death Star, it could bankrupt. The NCAA. Yeah, it's called House versus NCAA, and they just got their class action certified, and they're seeking retroactive uh, NIL damages for athletes who could never do NIL before. Uh, They're seeking uh, retroactive damages because they didn't get a share of uh, broadcasting revenue, and they're seeking to do away with any and all NIL restrictions as being violating federal antitrust law. And again, because there's a class action now, thousands upon thousands, there'll be commercials like, were you injured by the NCAA? And I'm not kidding. There probably will be commercials where you can join the class and the the damages could run into the billions upon billions. So what was the proposal that uh, made, you know, headlines yesterday? I read it uh, from a legal standpoint and a sports agent uh, version of it. 
what what do you take from this that is it likely it could happen is it a pipe dream I don't know. I don't think it'll happen the way it's been proposed, and I don't think they assume that. So, what's happen. been proposed? Well, look, it would be the we're going to create a new subdivision. It's going to be that you can make your own rules subdivision on pretty much anything, but then you're going to still compete with everybody else. And how, how will that fly? I, it's a little awkward. Well, you're going to pay schools to come play you, so the schools are going to take the paydays. Yeah, right. But here's what they're proposing: there's going to be a new subdivision, and. Um, you can make your own rules on transfers, recruiting, roster sizes, uh, things like that. But here's what you got to do to get in. You've got to agree to pay at least half of your half of your athletes, all of your athletes, a minimum of 30,000 a year in educational benefits through an educational trust fund. And then what you get in exchange is the ability to make your own rules on transfer portal and recruiting and scholarship limits. And the other thing you get is the ability to pay direct NIL to the athlete from the school with no limits. Right now, the school cannot license the image and pay the athlete. Uh, they're, they're, they have to do it through a collective or through a private brand deal, and that is creating a lot of issues, that there can't be any direct payment from the university to the athlete currently. When I first read that story from Ross Dellinger and Yahoo.com, my first initial mindset on this was how could they pull this off well i don't know because here's the other thing they say well they'll still be division one but uh they'll compete in all the same championships in division one with everybody else well if you don't have to join that uh who's going to want to compete with if you know a school has unlimited pay different rules uh nil money they're paying half their athletes uh whatever it is why are you going to want to go and just be a payday game for them? You took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, maybe for the payday you will. But, you know, it seems like a split's coming between the Power Four and Notre Dame and maybe a few other aspirational schools. I think they want to take football into the private sector. And you talked about equity money. And you, you create almost the true, which college football is, a true minor league for the NFL. In my opinion, big-time college football, as it's currently constituted, doesn't really belong in the NCAA, and it just can't seem to exist there anymore. And college football playoff is not connected to the NCAA. It's not. They, they run their own show. and So it, why can't the rest of college football run their own show? They can. Make their own rules. It could happen. And, and, but I don't uh, – here, here's what I'll say, that if you're going to go that way – then you'll allow maybe two spots for your playoff, but you wouldn't want to share that money. So your playoff would be between your 56, 64 teams, whatever it is, right? Right. You're not going to let some schools say, hey, we got money now. We're Southwest Texas State. We're going to pay. No, you're not going to join that exclusive fraternity. They, I think the SEC is run like it's the NFL. It is. I think you're right. I think all their sports, you know, baseball, they've been serving booze at their games forever because there's no minor league teams in a lot of these they've, cities they've, in the South. They've never had a pretense of amateurism in the Southeast no. Conference, and I don't mean that as an insult. So if you, do, fact. If you do this with football, the, the one thing I'll say, because not under the disguise, but we still are talking about Title IX. We're still talking about federal loans, federal money, student aid, everything connected, that you're a lawyer, you're a sports agent, David. How, how could the Power Four, what's left of it, 
right? How could they, with all the mergers, how could they run like a professional operation if those kids are still going to schools and they still fall under a lot of federal guidelines, including Title IX? How, how could they separate? Well, that's the complicating factor, and I think they try to address it with Charlie Baker's proposal in that, okay, half the athletes have to get this minimum of 30000 a year, and half of that half have to be female athletes. So there'll be gender equity on the educational benefit side. But then there'll be male basketball players, uh, football players, and, and probably some big-time college uh, volleyball, women volleyball players and women basketball players getting unlimited NIL or big-time NIL. But there's still a disparity, and it'll be paid directly from the school. So I don't see how they get around Title IX under this model. In fact, they might even make it worse. That's what that... that that's another thing the the biggest flag to me was that that title nine is in play here because if title nine wasn't in play i believe the ncaa would have set up those monthly stipends could have avoided everything with the o'bannon case that got all the way to the supreme court now they have that class action lawsuit that could be billions in damages ncaa made their own bed so i get where all the power four conferences want to be their own entity do this the and this is the way i said you could get around title nine and i've said it forever you use the name of the school the kids don't go to school it is alabama and you're leasing the name from alabama you become a you're funded by private equity tv deals tickets you share the revenue with the school at the on-campus stadium and the team, the team is not, the kids will go to college there, but it's not part officially run by the university. Well, I think you're... Is, is, there, a legal, is there a legal out there? Well, there's probably some barriers, but that's the... It's, Bill, so you're, you rented the name. Bill, if you're a genius, I think we ought to quit and start a private equity firm to do this ourselves, because I think that's what's going to happen, or something along so those you, lines. Well, I've said this all along. Spin off major college football. You, and you lease the name. License the name, you, exactly. You license the name, use their facilities, pay them, Yep. share in ticket revenue with them, right? Yes. And you you pay your coaches you that the school doesn't have to pay them right you get into this where there's no money outside of ticket sales which would be like morgan wall and taking over tuscaloosa stadium for a concert right right pays the user stadium split you know whatever it is tickets school makes some money and but they're still using alabama because the fans don't care if the kid goes to school not they really. And, and from one and done's in basketball to transfer portal now, it's different. So you license the name. So Michigan would license the name to a collective private equity group, whatever. Well, maybe it's a nonprofit. Maybe it's for a profit. Who knows? Who knows? And they avoid Title IX rules for football. So they can make their own rules. They basically can be like a minor league NFL. Yeah, now they'll have to be collective bargaining and those football players. And they become employees. They will be employees. And that's another thing to mention. Everything the NCAA does is, this is a bold proposal for the NCAA. They've never done anything like it. It is radical. It it seems desperate a little bit. But it is a reaction to this case and everything that's happening. And it's kind of half in, half out. And they admit they will still need to... Uh, federal legislation to get an antitrust exemption, even for this proposal they've floated. 
that is the they are scared to death of any employees being uh, any college athletes student athletes being employees and they might be right to do so because, because lawsuits they fear that well because if everybody was an employee and they're subject to every employment law under the sun including at division two and division three mm. it could be the end of division two and division three as we know it so i think spinning off major college football solves a ton of issues getting it right out of the ncaa and which comes comes back to you get a group uh, and this could be private equity it could whatever it is you get ownership that leases the name leases the facility the stadium help schools making money right but and some will say, well, and and the school shares in the TV revenue with right. this private equity group. Exactly. But remember, they have no money going out with cost. Now the question becomes, if you don't have all that football revenue at Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama's, Tennessee's, wherever, your other sports could suffer. Your other sports may go away. But by eliminating eighty-five scholarships, listen to this, and it's a business. By eliminating, privatizing college football, taking 85 scholarships off the Title IX equation at D1 schools and the Power Four means you're, they're not going to turn around and add sports. They're going to cut. They'll be able to cut sports. Right, because foot, yeah, they will. Because 85 scholarships. Because this is where, like I remember where Tulsa, because they had a football team, they had a dry riverbed, and they had a rowing team. And the rowing team had to, like, drive 40 miles for practice, right? Because it's, you know, it's, it's Oklahoma and so Right. I'm like, but they, they had to cover sports to meet the Title IX guidelines. The ramifications of privatizing yeah. college football could, could really hurt minor sports at schools. But some of the revenue will come, some of the expenses will come off, and it might actually save them, too. There might be less, but it might actually preserve them. Because if college football stays where it is, in particular, there's just no good way to deal with the Title IX issues and the employment issue under the current model. That's it's why it's just me, not going to work. I do the spinoff on basketball and football. I, that, I, I really do. And you, you, you protect yourself legally. You protect yourself. Uh, the NCAA... Uh, you know, their tournament, it would be interesting how that thing could morph uh, if you get to those 64, 68, whatever the number is now with all the movement in those four conferences. They do their own tournament. There, there'll be NBC or Peacock or some Amazon TV deal waiting there with money. Uh, the schools and, and the private side of this are in a conference and some will say, well, they're not athletes or they don't graduate anymore. Look at the transfer portal where a guy could be, look at Gabriel, what he does for Oklahoma, and then he's gone because he's looking for what? He may want to go closer to home, friends, family. And, and a lot of it, though, is, hey, I may never play in the NFL, but I'm going to take advantage of getting two, three, four, five, six million to play for a year at a school. And it's America. Why shouldn't you? Amen. That's where I'm. The private, the private side of this, I've, I've said this for 10 years, if not longer, that that is the future. That maybe it's the, you know, you look at the privatization of school buses. Of, I'm talking business. Food uh, service. Food service, uh, prison guards. You, you can go down the list, right? 
as security uh, that people need. And you ask yourself, if you're schools and you're smart, you do leasing branding agreements and you make your athletic departments all private. Well, or at least parts of it. A majority of it, right? Well, they, they license their name and image of the university to all kinds of uh, manufa- so if apparel the players, manufacturers. So if the players can profit from name, image, and likeness, why not the schools? Well, and they do. I mean, that's the but, but I'm talking here without yeah. having any any cost involved. Well, this discussion is timely because right now I think there's a sports business conference in Vegas, and apparently uh, somebody from Redbird Capital is talking about this concept right now. And, and Bill, you... you you had this concept 10 years ago. You weren't even aware of that going on. But, again, big-time college football in particular cannot exist in its current structure, period. It just doesn't work. Well, and let's talk about the Title IX battle going on right now on Capitol Hill where there's a fight over what defines Title IX. It's like it's completely flipped from the movement that brought Title IX and equality to sports. And you get the Riley Gaines and you get – uh, is it transgender? You get uh, who's allowed. You have you have so much here that schools don't want any part of this, and it's connected to sports, and that's where you go private. And right. then and then these decisions aren't made by school presidents who have no business making sports decisions, or board of trustees, or board of regents, or whoever is a supervisory part of a university. Uh, the the future, there, there's supply and demand. Okay, we know that. Yeah, this guy apparently is from Redbird Capital, says uh, big-time college athletics is an undervalued asset and they should consolidate their media rights. I mean, it just it is some version of that will probably happen. And I think the NCAA's proposal is how do we let how do we let the big-time schools go their own way pretty much, but still keep them in the fold? If it's Michigan and it's a game day Saturday against Ohio State and the name, image, and likeness for both teams has been farmed out, and it's still going to be great football. Does anybody care? No. I think There's a small portion that will, that guys that went there got a degree and everything. And, and, the, and the athletes would still have to maybe go to the school, but they won't be under the Title IX guidelines when it comes to sports. Well, everybody right? – look, Joe Manchin said, the senator from West Virginia, it's hard to watch these guys if we know freshmen and sophomores are millionaires. Well, I don't know. Yeah, politicians talking about the money they make off of lobbyists, sure. Well, college football TV ratings are way up this year. The the Michigan versus OSU game averaged uh, 19 million. That was the biggest single game since 2011. The SEC title game averaged 17 million. The big, I mean, the big Ten's TV deal, the multiple where you have to, you literally need you know a calendar on your phone to figure out. Hey, wait a minute, Michigan and Michigan State were on Peacock last night. Over seven billion, seven billion, and people are saying it's and and, and private equity people are saying it's still undervalued, undervalued even with those figures because they look at the value. Look at NBA franchises, NFL franchises. Now you turn in the college sports franchises. It's really interesting conversation. We'll have more of it later. Michigan football, if it was on the open market, is it is probably worth almost as much as the Detroit Lions, or at least in the mm, same ballpark. It, and again, that's with you know, money talks at the end of right. the day. David Gregory, uh, he's one of our legal insiders, lawyer by day, NFLPA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. He's based in West Michigan. He deals uh, with athletes at NIL and also helping athletes chase their dreams. Uh, follow 
Bull Rush Sports on Twitter and David Gregory on Twitter. Great stuff as always. Appreciate you stopping down here to Van Andel Arena. Thank you, Bill. Cole DeVos in our next segment will join us. The DeVos family has transformed the landscape in West Michigan when it comes to sports, business, and giving back. And they went out and brought a pro volleyball franchise, the Grand Rapids Rise, to West Michigan, to Van Andel Arena. And Cole DeVos will join us next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. One, two, three, top flight! It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The Maize and Blue have done it again. For the 45th time in program history, Michigan has won the Big Ten Championship as they house the Iowa Hawkeyes 26 to nothing. Senior running back Blake Horn became Michigan's all-time leader in touchdowns scored, scoring twice in that ball game. And he finished with back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and he's the only FBS player to score a touchdown in each game this season. Mike Zanger still took home the game's MVP honors as Michigan went a total of 68-3 in the two meetings against the Hawkeyes in the championship game in Indy. As the league division era comes to a close, the Big Ten West went 0-10 in the title game. Head coach Jim Harbaugh just has one question for you. I got one question for you, Michigan Nation. Who's got it better than us? here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now, they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Hi, I'm Casey. I don't just work at Meyer. I shop there. Get a $10 coupon like I just did when you spend $100 or more this week in store. Print it at checkout. Start redeeming next week. And get a Meyer spiral sliced ham for 89 cents per pound with M Perks. Discount automatically applied when you enter your M Perks ID limit one. And save even more with M Perks with a dollar off per gallon of gas. Get the same low prices in store and online. For big deals and great quality, shop Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Get your groove on. Everybody get up. Friday, December 15th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Robin Thick. Same show, same night. Montel Jordan. Tickets start at $53. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Party hard. Slide into smooth. Robin Thick and Montel Jordan. Friday, December 15th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
Hubes Show is back live across Michigan. Special Wednesday road show inside the Acrisure VIP Lounge at Van Andel Arena in downtown Grand Rapids. We're celebrating the launch and also the Meet the Team event tomorrow at 7 p.m. But the Grand Rapids Rise, Michigan's only pro volleyball franchise. They begin play in January. It will run through May with teams from all around the country and Cole DeVos and the DeVos family, a, a big part of bringing professional volleyball to Grand Rapids. The family has done so many things to enhancing the everyday lives of so many people uh, here in West Michigan and across the state and even around the country. Cole DeVos is standing by here on the huge show across Michigan. Welcome back, my man. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Good to hear from you. Yeah, tell me how this process began on making the Grand Rapids Rise a reality and bringing pro volleyball to West Michigan. You know, it's funny. It uh, it started probably, who I want to say, a year and a half, two years ago. And um, it all started with a, with a Zoom call with the owner or the, the founders of the league, um, Stephen Evans and Dave Winham, who have a history with my father uh, in the arena football space. So, um, I obviously I was a I was a young kid when when the rampage were around and and you know when um, unfortunately when they went down when was that you know uh, 2010 something like that um, unfortunately the league went down but uh, kept those close connections um, and they brought us this opportunity they they want to know what we thought we thought it was it was a great opportunity and there was obviously a need in the market um, and so. We hopped on board right away, and it's crazy to look back to think that was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, and, and here we are getting ready to, to play here in January. Cole DeVos, uh, he is leading the group with the DeVos family and others and bringing pro volleyball to Grand Rapids in the state of Michigan, Michigan's only pro volleyball franchise, the Grand Rapids Rise. They begin play in January. It runs through May. You want info on tickets, uh, the team, and more, GR Rise. Uh, dot com and don't forget tomorrow meet the team event 7 p.m uh here at van andel arena what was it cole when the idea was out there where you and others sitting in a room your dad your family uh and and said you know what i think pro volleyball can work in grand rapids in the state of michigan what really was that trigger moment you know, I think for, for us, it was looking at, um, you know, how it's grown in Grand Rapids from the youth side. You know, I, I think about uh, a quick shout out to my cousin, Addie, who's um, just led Hope College to uh, um, the national tournament game for Division Three, and, and also played a couple of years at Iowa. And um, we've really seen just the sport of volleyball continue to, to, to grow in West Michigan. And then you start seeing beyond West Michigan, right? We had, um, what was that, three, four months ago, um, there was a volleyball game held outside in, in, in Nebraska that had, I think it was 90 to 92,000 fans packing the Nebraska football stadium to, to watch volleyball, right? And so you continue to see these little things um, come up over the last year or two. And um, I always say we, we never really needed that reassurance that we were doing the right thing. Um, we knew that we were doing the right thing. We knew there was a hole in the market. Um, and we knew that this was going to be suited for West Michigan. Um, but as time has gone on, we definitely got that reassurance, even though we didn't need it. Um, we keep seeing time and time again, um, you know, how passionate fans are for volleyball and how much they're wanting to see um, these girls play at the next level here in the United States. Cole DeVos uh, from the Grand Rapids Rise. 
Michigan's only pro volleyball franchise. They begin play in January. GRRise.com if you want more info. And if you're in uh, the West Michigan area tomorrow night, 7 p.m., free admission, meet the team, a skills showcase, and a fun event to launch everything before they get to the holidays. And then they start their matches uh, in January. Cole, what would be a, a good year one for you as one of the faces and voices behind this franchise? What, what, when, when it's over in May, uh, year one, what, what to you would say this was a good first season? Well, Bill, I'm a I'm a competitor. You know, I grew up playing sports my entire life, and no matter what it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably start by saying winning it all, winning the championship would be a, a successful year for us. Um, but obviously, there's a lot more to it, right? When you when you're starting a, a new league, um, everyone's in that together, right? And and no one team succeeds without the other. So um, I really, ultimately, on top of obviously winning, and and obviously again, that's going to be my competitive side coming out. Um, I want to see all the teams do well, be successful, um, work out the little kinks that come with starting a brand new league. And um, for me, it's just been an incredible blessing to be able to learn from people such as my father and, um, you know, Tim Gortzma, who has been with the Grand Rapids Griffins for so long and is now helping um, lead the, the, the rise as well. And you've got Scott Gorsline from TP Fox, all these people. It's, it's just been such a, a blessing to be able to learn from these guys. And obviously the founders, Dave Winham, um, you know, Stephen Evans and, and everybody else that's involved in this entire thing. I just would like to see us all, um, you know, kind of take that next step and say, hey, you know, this is working. Let's go to the next year. Let's go to the next year and keep working out, um, you know, the little details. So um, all in all, I just want to see every team succeed, compete. And I want to see, um, you know, I want to see these girls compete at a high level, which, uh, again, I know they will. Cole DeVos uh, from the Grand Rapids Rise joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. Their Meet the Team event is free and open to the public tomorrow night, 7 p.m. in downtown Grand Rapids. And I think, Cole, one thing you're going to have is being the only pro volleyball franchise in the state of Michigan, there are a lot of young girls, high school age girls, college girls, and just people who played volleyball back in the day who will come from all across the state. Uh, to watch the Grand Rapids rise. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's for me, uh, uh, you know, I grew up played, playing hockey. Um, you know, I was able to watch the Griffins from, you know, from when I could walk, right? And um, that's kind of what I'm, you know, the hope is for, for you know, young girls in West Michigan to be able to look up to these girls and say, hey, you know, there is a path for me to play this sport professionally here in my hometown, right? You know, we have... Uh, I believe off the top of my head, I think we have three girls um, from Michigan already on our roster for this year, which is incredible. So um, it's just another example of how sports can, um, you know, kind of lead the youth and, and show them that there is a path, um, uh, you know, in sports. Cole, thanks for the time, man. I'll, I'll see you at a match uh, after the first of the year. Enjoy the holidays. Give your dad and family my best. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Talk to you soon. All right, Cole DeVos from the Grand Rapids Rise. Randy Cleese, VP of Communications, someday maybe dreaming of being president. Uh, the elections are coming up in the communications category. We'll keep you posted there. He did give me the Grand Rapids Rise promo schedule for 2024. Opening night, inaugural season T-shirt on Thursday, January 25th in downtown Grand Rapids. 
here at Van Andel Arena. Family Day fleece blanket, $1 small Pepsis, $1 small ice cream cups for the kids on Sunday, February 18th. I'm just going through some of the uh, promotions. Really family-friendly. And they got the $2 beers and $2 hot dogs every Thursday and Saturday from 6 until 8 p.m. outside of March 9th. Uh, so they got everything. Now with the Grand Rapids Rise, uh, you can find out everything about the promo schedule. They got some pretty cool gear. Go to grrise.com. That is grrise.com. David Gregory, thank you so much uh, for stopping down uh, to the Akersher VIP Lounge here at Van Andel Arena, and we'll talk soon. All right. Hey, once I found it, uh, the uh, Akersher Lounge, it's a great spot. Yeah, I, I never really told you. I just said, you know, I parked it, on the wrong side. It's eleven eleven thousand seat arena. Just. Uh, just find me, okay? Well, it's awesome. I, if you have a chance to come down here, you should. Yeah, it is cool. I hung out here with Kid Rock and everything. I'm not name-dropping. And, and David <laughs> Gregory, thank you, my man, okay? Hey, you're welcome, Bill. All right, David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports, certified NFL PA agent and a lawyer uh, by trade. All right, the Lomas Brown cart giveaway with our friends from Impact Power Sports, 14 Mile in Rockford, Michigan's new go-to destination for Yamaha golf carts, and they will trick them out. Whatever you want on a golf cart, the look, the wheels, the color, uh, you want sound, you want video, you name it, you can get it on your cart for your golf club, for your neighborhood, for your business, uh, at your lake house. If you go down south during... Uh, the winner, it's amazing what they can do. And they have all the power toys at Impact Power Sports, 14 Mile in Rockford. But if you want a shot at winning Lomas's cart, just text IMPACT, I-M-P-A-C-T, to 21000. And you'll be in the drawing. That drawing's coming up next summer, so you have a lot of time to enter. We'll give it away at a huge golf event at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Just text IMPACT to 21000. And if you want to see what Lomas's cart looks like, go to at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Thanks to the VP, Randy Cleves, another VP, Sean Wright, Gordsum and the crew. It was an awesome afternoon here celebrating Michigan's only pro volleyball franchise, the Grand Rapids Rise. Check them out sometime. Everything you need when it comes to the schedule and team, go to grrise.com. That is grrise.com. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. For goodness sake, wear your seatbelt. Better yet, for your family's sake, your friend's sake, for your own sake, buckle up. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police knows that seatbelts save lives. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police sees firsthand what happens when seatbelts aren't used. We want Michigan to be the leader in seatbelt use. We want everyone in Michigan to get home safely. For everyone's sake, buckle up every time. 
Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for Urban U. They are Michigan's favorite med spa locations throughout West Michigan and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And this is for any guy listening right now or lady. If you want the perfect holiday gift for somebody you care about, you need to think about the holiday specials happening at theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. And for the holidays, Urban U is offering holiday tiers until December 30th through the end of the year. Purchasing a holiday tier is the perfect way to treat yourself or that person in your life that you care about or your family. And you get your holiday gift shopping done quick at theurbanu.com. And what are holiday tiers? Holiday tiers are the best way to get rewarded big time for investing in your health, wellness, and beauty services. Simple and easy. If you want to take care of everything for the holidays, go to theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another edition of True and Blue on the Huge Show across Michigan, presented each and every week by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And what we do is highlight the great men and women who serve and protect all of us on a daily basis in law enforcement. And today we'll go to Oakland Community College, Dave Cece. He heads up their public services and CREST program and also director of law enforcement training. And he joins us here on the huge show and another edition of true and blue welcome in my friend thank you appreciate you having me uh your calling your personal choice uh to become part of law enforcement uh when did that start and when did it happen and how long have you been serving and protecting so i guess uh i at a young age i wanted to get into a profession where i could help people and i'll be honest with you i was like you know i don't know that i could do med school so i looked at some of the other uh, servant-based uh, jobs out there, careers out there, and I, I thought law enforcement, uh, you know, it kind of appealed to me. So I, I started uh, on that path about 20 years ago and have been in the profession ever since. And uh, law enforcement training, looking at your resume, seems to uh, be a strong highlight. You have taught at four different police academies uh, on the east side of the state, in the metro Detroit area, and like I said right now, with Oakland Community College, Dean of Public Services, Crest, and Director of Law Enforcement Training. Why so much connection to training uh, the men and women who want to serve and protect? Uh, well, I, I want to make sure that our officers, one, are going home safe and, and uh, 
you know, doing their job in a safe fashion, but also the better trained our officers are, the, the better they can serve the community. The less chance we have of seeing officers on the news for making mistakes because they didn't have good training. And when we have officers that are well-trained and know what they're doing and perform at a high level out there in the cities and the communities that they work in, it presents a better image for us. When they make a mistake and they screw up and that uh, image gets portrayed in the news media, it really damages our profession. And it's, it's not the reality of it. The reality of the profession is we have great people doing great work. Uh, sometimes we just are lacking in the training. So that has been kind of my goal is to make sure our officers are getting the best training they can. Dave C.C. is with Oakland Community College, grew up in Warren on the east side of the state, joining us here on the huge show across Michigan, another edition of True and Blue. Uh, in your 20-plus years being connected to all those law enforcement training facilities and academies, how has training changed with the culture and environment we have today compared to when you were uh, in an academy learning how to serve and protect? Well, one of the ways, I mean, technology has changed. There is, what we use now, we have like virtual uh, simulators for use of force so we can basically project on a screen any kind of scenario for a student. And they, they go in and they're immersed in this realistic experience. They have a weapon that they shoot and it's got a, you know, a laser that, that registers on the screen or they have a pepper spray they can use that registers on the screen. And there's that technology, that aspect. I never had anything like that. So that technology is definitely advanced. Uh, here at Oakland's Academy, we have a Crest facility, and what that is is basically a simulated city. Uh, so these are fully functioning homes, a bank, a convenience store, things like that. So the students are working in real structures that are a house or a bank or a motel versus when I went through it was, okay, we're going to pretend the classroom is a motel or we're going to pretend the classroom is a house. And it was, you know, you tried to do the best you could, but it still was a classroom. This gives them all that reality. They have to park the car in the appropriate position. They have to make entry to the house in appropriate fashion. So it's a lot more realistic, hands-on training that goes on now than even when I went through. Dave CC is with Oakland Community College, director of their public services, uh, heads up the law enforcement uh, training program on the east side of the state with, with technology and the body cams now are everywhere and we get instant uh, views of what's going on on the streets of Michigan and across uh, this country. Is there any new technology on the way that you think will help police officers even more than what they have to work with today? I think the enhancement of the said cameras and recording devices uh, and, and the storage of those, I, I think that is still going to grow. That That's going to become more effective, more technologically advanced. I think that actually helps us more than hurts us. Because many times what we find is that the officers are doing exactly what they're supposed to, and those cameras prove that. So I, I think that the fact that the equipment is getting better is, is what we're going to see on the, the, the future. Final thoughts here with Dave Cece. He's joining us on another edition of True and Blue. He's a Detroit area guy, grew up in Warren and at Oakland Community College right now, heading up their law enforcement uh, training, their Crest program. Uh, what's one thing uh, you want the people of Michigan listening right now to know what it's like to be a police officer when you have the badge and uniform on and when you're just out there being 
part of a circle of friends or family? I think that that people need to remember that police officers are are them. I mean, police are the community. The community are are, are part of the police, and and they go hand in hand. And most of the people in this profession have entered the profession for the noble reason, noble cause to help others, not to hurt somebody, not to put people in jail, but to make the community a better place. I think that's what I, I want people to know that most people in this profession are good, decent people, just like everyone else. Hey, Cece, thank you so much for your time here on the huge show across Michigan and another edition of True and Blue. I respect your over 20 years of service uh, to the people uh, here in Michigan. Thank you and to all the officers and good luck uh, to all, all the men and women training right now there at Oakland Community College to enter law enforcement. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that very much. All right, Dave CC joining us on another edition of True and Blue, where we showcase and highlight and tell the stories of the incredible men and women who have that calling to serve and protect on a daily basis. And it's presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Big. Bad. Huge.